0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio's global adventure show with travel writer, Debbie Stone. So very excited today because we are going to New York City where the fire monkey, we call her the fire monkey, Debbie Stone, travel writer Debbie Stone is going to share six unique experiences. We're going to be talking about the arts, we're going to talk about parks, theater, Immigration history. And guess what? Ice cream. Because who knew you need to go to New York City and actually go to a museum that is dedicated to one of my most favorite delicious treats in the world, ice cream. So welcome back, Debbie. How are you? I am very well. And yes, New York
1: City has so many different sites and experiences. This is just, these are just a few. You know, you could just, you know, spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks exploring New York and and finding wonderful, wonderful places to visit and and different experiences. So it really is a a treat for people who who go to New York, even if you go often, because you can always find new things.
0: Mm. And and New York City, I know you, you seem to be going like every year lately for the last couple of years. And, um, I just want to touch on that and everyone, just so you know, uh, Debbie's got articles for each of these six, uh, experiences and destinations we're talking about. And the links are in the show notes, um, because they're on different sites. And, and, um, I'm excited to talk about all of these places and the experiences because you can even make your own ice cream. Like you can have your own ice cream name. I like this, but, um, can you give us some pointers on going to New York City? Because I'm going to be honest. Nancy and I almost ended up driving into New York City because I got ourselves swirled around going from Connecticut to Connecticut to Michigan. How do you end up going downtown New York? Well, I'm apparently the one driving and GPSing, but, um, I literally pulled off the road and just like, we're not going, you know, cause a little bit of panic ensued. It did. But then we did upstate New York and you've been to some fabulous destinations as you talked about in last month's episode, Lake Placid, Niagara Falls. Um, we did Seneca Falls. I mean, it's just New York, the state of New York is beautiful, but a lot of people want to go to New York City. It's like one of the most iconic cities on the planet. But, um, then there's like, I'm a little nervous. Like, should we drive in? Mm. Should we fly in? Um, so any mm. tips and pointers? on um, the New York think, City experience. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, nobody needs a car in New York in New York City. Never, ever. You know, there's no reason to have a car in New York City. So, you know, whether you fly in or you take a train from somewhere, you don't need to, to deal with the car. You know, the subway system is extensive and good. Uh you can also, you know, take any of the rideshare, you know, uh uh Uh, companies and taxis I mean they're just you know there's just a million ways to get around New York and you don't you know New York City and you do not need a car so you know people you know it's up to people's personal preference as to where they want to base themselves you know but wherever you base yourself you can get to to so you know wherever you want to go to in, in manhattan so to me it's like it really it really doesn't matter unless you you are so intent on say being in times square you know uh or you know being uh you know near Bryant park or being wherever it is or being in chelsea or you know anywhere i think it's it's Anywhere you really, I've been based in many different places in the city and it really doesn't matter to me um, because I can walk, I love walking in New York because mm. it's it's fun, it's interesting, there's yeah. always something to see that's, you know, kind of, it's just a very uh, vibrant city with so much to offer, whatever you're into, whether it's the arts and history or whether it's food, which they have in so many oh, wow. you know every every other building you stop in you know there's food everywhere and or, you know whether you're interested in shopping or fashion or design or you know architecture or whatever it's it's got got it all and so you know i tell people if you're going for the first time, you know, give yourself a couple, at least a couple of days to kind of, you know, see some of the, the major sites that you might have heard about, you know, whether it's going, you know, to see the statue of Liberty, you know, or Ellis Island, or whether you, you know, want to go see uh, the nine 11 museum and, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you want. But if you're going back there again, you know, you can pick different parts of the city to explore. You can uh, find different museums that you haven't been to. Uh, So to me, it's 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 one of those places you can continually go back to and always find something new or different, or visit your favorites again.
0: Mm, I love I love this list of destinations too, that you've been to over the couple years, um, just the recent two years. And um, I, I want to start with the Museum of Ice Cream because I remember when that story <laughs> came in. You know, I'm like, what? Because you know, because I just it was not what I thought of what would come out of New York, but what it and it leads to the next, you know, d- you know, experience and destination is the Tenement Museum. But because the Museum of Ice Cream, it kind of reminds us that um, America is a melting pot like an- melted ice cream. But the- there's this map that you have <laughs> that you took a photo of in the museum that shows ice cream around the world. And that kind of makes me think of New York City. I've always thought it was like this cultural hub of cultures. Right. I mean, this was the port, you know, this is of the course. area people came through um, that whole East Coast area up there is, you know, where we all came through, um, obviously, other than Native Americans, right? And, um, of course, Native Americans were there, too, first, right? But absolutely. Um, the ice cream, the immigration, I mean, and then the stories, the places, just Real quick, I want to tell people what we're going to talk about is uh, the Museum of Ice Cream. We're going to talk about the Tenement Museum, uh, the Museum of Broadway, which is pretty new, right? That's a new one. Uh, the Museum Yeah, it's of about Broadway. a year old, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, the Apollo Theater. Uh, we're also going to look at the New York Public Library's uh, Schwarzman Building uh, and the tour that you can take there. And then also the New York City High Line, And that's a park uh, with nature, art. Uh, I mean, this is a whole thing. Um, so, those are the main places we're going to talk about on today's show. So, let's start with ice cream because we all scream for ice cream. And I think we should, you know, start, you know, the day with ice cream. I think we should have it for breakfast, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> tell it that, that, did you expect that in New York City to have an ice cream museum? Well, you know, I'd heard about
1: it. And the Museum of Ice Cream is now uh, in Chicago. There's also one in Austin, Texas. And I believe there is one they expanded internationally with a location in Singapore as well. Wow. So it has become incredibly popular. And, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, of course New York has all these wonderful museums about everything possible you can think of. And there is even one on um, ice cream. And it, you know, it's interesting because yes, it's tasty, of course, because you're going to, you know, get to sample all different types of ice cream. But it's also, uh, it's very innovative. It's, um, you know, it's an experiential uh, uh, art installation museum with all sorts of really interesting information. I mean, there's a lot of history when it comes to, to ice cream. And this building, there's like three floors. It's 20,000 square feet. It's, uh, you know, you're going to learn all these fun facts about ice cream, you know, when it was, when the birth of ice cream, you know, and then when, you know, when it came to the United when it was in America, and then, you know, when did the cone get going, and when, you you know the invention of the ice cream bar, and then you know uh, there's a wonderful map there that you know atten- that gives you your attention to uh, around the world where ice cream is uh, you know the different types of ice cream that are popular, you know whether it's uh, gelato you know in Italy or whether um, it's hokey pokey in New Zealand or you know whether it's a, a type of um, ice cream in the Philippines. And then you're going to learn that, you know, of all these countries, who buys the most ice cream? That's China, followed by us and Japan. But in terms right. of consumption per capita, New Zealand has taken the lead there, then us, the United States, then Australia, Finland, and Sweden. And wow. then you're going to learn how much does the average American eat, and it's 20 quarts of ice cream
0: per year. <laughs> well, now, okay, so but the, this is the most important thing. You have your own ice cream from your experience there. That, Devin well, Dot. Yeah, yes, well, you know, the <laughs> thing is, is
1: they want you to give yourselves an ice cream-related name, um, like a badge that you, you know, create to wear during your tour. So, you know, all these uh, celebrities have them, you know, whether it's Oprah Winfrey or George Coolney, you know, Katy Berry, uh, Dwayne uh-huh. Rocky Road Johnson. Um, so, you know, I became Devin Dodds and my son, whose name is Jake, became a Joke-a-Lot or something and his wife Brie was Brianna Split. So, you know, you can, you, you can create your own ice cream name, which is really, really fun. And then, of course, you know, you can eat, you know, so you've got cones, you know, soft serve, you've got scoops of ice cream, you've got a donut hole with, you know, uh, it, it's just, there's Endless amount of treats that you can have. So yes, it's it is definitely a sugar rush.
0: <laughs> well, I you know this is look we all like sweet treats. You know that's that's a big deal. Of but course. I love this global connection and then getting yeah. to do your own because it inspires creativity and figuring out who you are. So there's like a lot of things going on in this museum, and it looks super fun for all ages. Uh yes. But now I want to move over to the Tenement Museum in New York City because. I mean, think of it, you know, we've all gone through the holiday season, which is a big time in, you know, interviewing your elders and people in your family and and getting your family history, you know, research going. And it's, you know, genealogy is one of the biggest hobbies in our country, if not around the world. And I think this is a museum that uh, will be important for people to visit, but also honors like the people coming in. To understand their stories, it's relevant, um, politically even, uh, just saying, you know, because it is, right. we, we have so many people, you know, moving around the world, immigrating, emigrating, all of it. Um, but it wasn't easy back then. It's not an airplane and it's not easy now either. Um, but you've yeah. got to think about people getting on those boats, those ships. I, come on. That was not easy coming over, but, um, this museum is definitely one that I would really, really like to go to so um is 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 it you know when you think about the tenement museum is that is it as much as you like emotionally it's got to be well it's fascinating
1: because you know i'd like to go i'd like to go back because they offer uh, several different tours you know um tours where you're going to step into communities and you're going to visit tenement apartments of certain families that live there and you know i chose uh, i think it was um a family it was i think it was called um at home in 1933 mm-hmm. and it took the, it it takes you into this recreated apartment of 1930s of this couple this italian mm-hmm. immigrant couple that uh came t- to new york and they had uh two children and they lived there for for a number of years and i was interested in that time period um you know my father came from germany um uh right at World War II around that time. And he came into New York. And so I was very interested in the whole immigrant... Uh, history and these, this is very interesting because this, this uh, historian and this activist Ruth Abram and Anita Jacobson they uh, basically founded this uh, tenement museum which is in the lower east side of, of New York and they came upon this run down building that had been actually closed uh, for 50 years and it was really dilapidated and basically almost condemned but they discovered uh, like these belongings and evidence from families that had used these apartments between the 1860s and 1930s, so mm. a big span of time. And over 7,000 people had lived in this building, in this area, for, during that time. And so they decided to, you know, the items that they, that, uh, they found, it became the basis for a museum um, so that we can, you know, appreciate and understand the stories of these families who, you know, whose lives basically shaped our our shared yeah, history
0: today. So to- it's, it's, Oh, I love it's that you say shared history. Yeah. That shared history and, and understanding, cause you know, you even see movies where you want to actually see what they were, you know, you want to go right. Want Yeah. You want to go into the behind the scenes of that era and that time frame and understand what New York city was like. So this is New York's history as well. You know, the people's history and the immigrants history, but you're right. It's a shared history that is connects us all and i find it interesting because you're seeing what they were cooking um you you've you know figuring out what they liked their likes um what what was important to them their their cultural connection to the arts even right um so right. i i think this is amazing and you know you think about new york city apartments now i know people i i actually know one person who's online um and he has with his his apartment in new york and he has his bathtub in the in the kitchen. And he's not the only one who does it because they're so small. So going in there because they look when you look at the pictures the apartments look a little big but I know, you know, how photography is. Um are they small as what I'm talking about with this friend of mine um who has a bathtub in his kitchen? <laughs> Cuz I know Yeah, you know they, they are with that. They're you know <laughs> they're small and
1: when you go in you know you see what they used whether you know as a household cleanser uh, you know laundry starch but they had the uh, kitchen sink which was you know there uh and it served a lot of purposes not only to wash clothes and wash dishes but it's where the kids took their sponge baths each morning and had their weekly uh, baths there, and uh, there was also a coin operated gas meter on the wall you know and it They would tell you that you know this apartment typically rented for about twenty dollars twenty five dollars a month back then you know and you know it was it was wonderful to get a real flavor and a a real taste of of what it was like and You know, a lot of the families were very uh, close in the building. You know, their kids would play in the hallways and, you know, they would really do a lot of uh, sharing and helping each other out. Um, we saw a video that was made when when the daughter actually came back to the apartment for the first time since she'd lived there as a child. And, you know, she remembered the place as being really dimly lit. It was kind of barely furnished. It was cold. Um, but, you know, she also said that her mother tried to decor- decorate it with, you know, uh, homemade curtains and coverlets, and, and they grew flowers, at, you know, at the window. And so, you know, it was really, and then she was talking about how Italian music and soap operas would play on the radio day and night. And they would play cards, and they would, you know, play with her friend down down the hall, and they play it being movie stars, and you
0: know, all this. It was a real yeah. flavor of life then. So I, I really found it to be fascinating. Well, it's a community. Apartment complexes are communities. Yes, you know. Yes, they are. It's like you know. I think a lot of sitcom. Look at the Friends, based in New York City. Right. There's one, right? right? Um Sure. It was. There you are. Here's the community in the apartment. Even, you know, I mean, think about all the sitcoms. I mean, even the Ropers, come on. There was, what, which was it? The Ropers or was it Three's Company? I can't remember, but remember the Roper. You know who I'm talking about, right? Um, Threes mm-hmm. Company, I think it was. You know, if you think about oh, yeah. all the sitcoms in life, a lot of them are based in the New York City area. Um, and in that region, right? Or New York sure. City, but a lot of them yep. were apartments. And that's where the characters came out. And if they were dealing with, you know, financial woes or real, you know, maybe it was something going on in the city itself or, you know, it could be a transit issue, whatever. But it gave you that flavor for the city. So I think this museum is one of those that I would absolutely want on on my list of going. But let's go to Broadway. Apparently, you (laughs) like Broadway, you like Oh shows. my gosh, I can't get enough of it. Have you been to a Broadway it. show? Have you been to a Broadway show itself? Oh my, many, 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 many,
1: many over the years. You know, oh, so that just, was a dumb uh, question. Fire monkeys, yeah, I, I, yeah, every time all. I would go, every time I would go to New York City, and I started going when I was, uh, you know, I was raised in the Chicago area, and my parents would, would go to, we'd go to New York, and ever since I was a child, oh. I was seeing Broadway okay. shows. And so every time I go to New York City, I have to go see at least so one,
0: you,
1: m- more than yeah. one
0: show. <laughs> sure. So New York City is like, yeah, if you know Chicago, you can do New York right so you've got that bearings of city life so you you get it and and then going there and and doing this throughout so this is making sense now with all these visits to New York City so this is like a an old friend the city It sounds like always
1: but you know what it's like for me it's like it's like getting I don't know it's like getting this injection of life and and really vitality whenever i go to new york it's like i need this injection to be able to go there and and you know get get caught up in it all of it all of the the interesting exciting fascinating you know so it's energetic it's an energetic city
0: yeah energetic yeah i have a friend who moved moved out of there to california and every time i talk to her she's like i need to go back to new york i can't i can't do this i need to go back (laughs) she she was in the city she you know lived in the city and yeah. you know and you oh think about sex in the city too i'm like thinking all this you know think about oh, that ton, tons of tons
1: of shows you know and tons. i and i had a my My younger son lived in new york city for for a while, and so you know it was it was a great you know great reason not that I ever need a reason to go to new york but, but i don 't but but you know i used to, we used to go you know to see him and you know go to Broadway and go to museums and do all that kind of stuff and and eat 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 our way through through the city but the Broadway museum. You know, it's really interesting that it took this long to, uh, you know, to actually have a museum about Broadway yes. because it's been, you know, Broadway's been around for, you know, for a long, long time, you know. And so it's, you know, I think it's like, you know, 18th century origins basically to the present. And so, you know, this museum, you know, to me it was such an exciting thing to, to realize that they had finally, you know, created this museum based on Broadway. And it really was, you know, past present future kind of thing and you know every musical that you know made any kind of splash was represented and there were wonderful wonderful amounts of artifacts and you know videos and uh, you know playbills and photographs and everything that you can possibly think of you know and the costumes and so, and I think they highlighted about five, more than five hundred individual productions were highlighted, which is really insane. And you know, you you go from floor to floor to floor, and it's you know, you could spend several hours because there's so much to read, there's so much to interact with, and it's it's fabulous. And then you know, people have their favorites, and you know, so it, it to me it was it was a delightful delightful experience. And when I go back, I'd like to go again because I know that I
0: missed. Uh, you know, and there's going to be new. It's going <laughs> to yes. rotate, right? You know, and so like I want to be Wicked. more shows. Yep. I wanna yeah, I want to see the Wicked and the Wicked in there because I want to see like uh. the costumes for that. And I think what you're saying too about the costumes being and actually having a museum. I know because when I was reading your story, I'm like, what do you mean? It's I, like I would have already thought it had been there yes. for years, right? Yes. Yeah. And when I, I was like, wow, okay, well, th- well, that's exciting for everyone to know about. Go, go, go. You know, um, right. But. I think, in when it comes to theater, a lot of times, you know, we we and and in movies, and you also did the Academy out in, in L.A. Their right, museum, right. um, a lot of times because things are so short lived. Like here's the headline: here, if you're watching the Oscars, it's short, or the Tony Awards, real yeah. short. Yeah, very, you know, the music, Grammys, short, all the roots music you can't see on TV. You know, it's like, oh, right. sorry, only these people. And that's about timing, and it is—it it just sucks. But it is the way it is. So a museum gives has that ability to, you know, showcase what the costume designers have done, what the set people have done. Whereas a lot of times you don't see that. You you can see it in a production, but the focus always ends up on the actors. You, you know what I and mean? You know, and I think yes, that's, yeah,
1: it it is truly and. So this museum, which is wonderful, they have a wonderful – spectacular um, you know set of exhibits that is really it's called the making of a Broadway show and so it plays it pays homage to all of the people both on stage and off who bring the play and the musicals to life and so you know they explain about all the different specialists whether it's you know a stagehand or a set designer or a makeup artist or a lighting tech and even the people that are marketing uh, uh, the shows you know so people who are interested in pursuing theater as a career you know, can also Mm. say, oh, this is what this person does. I never knew that there was somebody who was doing that, you know, and, Mm. you know, it it is and I love this one quote that was on the wall, and it said, maybe you struggle to relate to some of the specialized jobs you've heard about in the exhibition, yet you still have a burning passion to work in the theater. Theater has a place for you. And it was such a wonderful, you know, encouraging uh, statement to make, you know, because you can think about young kids and, and, you know, teens and people who are just, you know, who've always thinking maybe I'd like to work in the theater world, you know, and they're not people who are actors or actors. They, they they want to maybe do something else. Maybe they're just really interested in the whole behind-the-scenes thing, and here's a great way for them to get, you know, exposure to that.
0: Oh, I love that because it's true. And, and you know, how many people go from like a small town in the Midwest drive to LA or New York city with their dreams, like, right. And and it's so hard when they get there, right. It's a hard road and they know it, but until they get in it, they're like, I don't know until I know. (laughs) It's, um, it's a, it's a really interesting road to be on, but you know, from, you know, the musicians and actors that we've interviewed from New York city, from what I have learned from their communication and what, how they do their projects, right? And productions.
1: It Absolutely. seems like
0: there is like a community, a family there that supports each other in each person's field, whether it be music, theater, you know. Um every yes. And everybody
1: has a role that they play to make this all come off. Come together. You know, and you yeah. you sitting in the audience, you know, anybody sitting in the audience sees this finished production and you know they don't realize how much you know blood, sweat, tears have gone into creating this, and and then what's going on behind the scenes while you watching you're watching it on stage, but what's going on behind there? And you know it's it's amazing the amount of roles and jobs and and team duties work. that
0: people have.
1: Oh, it's totally yeah. like and in, then and the like art. Yeah,
0: yes. you have to have ego right to get yeah. you on stage, but not you can't have too much because you have to. It's a team. So it is. That's what's so hard. It's like it's individualistic and teamwork at the extreme, and absolutely when it's curtain call, it that's it. Boom! You can't go back. Whatever it is, it is. You know. So this is. I want to talk about the Apollo Theater because that is huge to go to. It is. I mean, Harlem's history of music. Oh my! I. and this that and would this is mar 's thing to go and this to. is mo- <laughs>
1: this is their most famous historic landmark there, but it 's you know the birthplace of all these the careers of, you know, so many artists that everybody knows, you know, whether it's Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday, or whether it's Stevie Wonder, whether it's the Jackson Five and Marvin Gaye, or even Machine Gun Kelly, you know, this, they say, is where stars are born and legends are made. And there's a wonderful story behind, you know, the Apollo. And to guide you is this incredible man named Billy Mitchell, who they refer to as Mr. Apollo. He's their official historian. He's a lifelong legend. He's been with the theater for over 58 years. Wow. And he is the man. And so he regales you with these wonderful stories, inspiring, entertaining, and you learn about, you know, the different eras in Harlem. And, you know, he's got wonderful backstage memories. He's got fabulous tales. And, you know, he talks about how he got introduced to the Apollo and how James Brown and Marvin Gaye actually took him under their wing and, um, you know, stressing education, giving him money to, to further his schooling, and how he went on to work on Wall Street but he was unhappy on Wall Street and he eventually quit to go back to the Apollo as all things an usher. I mean after working on Wall Street and then going back to the Apollo as an usher and he started there again and then Every year opportunities came, and he worked in every different kind of department you can think of in the theater. And he's done, he said he did everything from, you know, working in the gift shop and security and marketing and stagehand and sales and, you know, all, just all these different oh. jobs. And now he, you know, he is truly the historian and he, he is, should write he, a book. What, oh, and he is. He, he wrote a book. He? he did write a book. He wrote a book about, um, it's called, oh, that's they it, call yes. him. Call Me Mr. Mr. Apollo, it's his autobiography, and he actually was encouraged to do so because he gave um, Michelle Obama a tour uh, some years ago, and after hearing all of his stories, she told him he needed to write a book, and so
0: he did. (laughs) If she says so, do it. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's amazing, you know, because she's got her biography out there, too, her memoirs, and And then you read about and listen about her story. I mean, it was, she was, you know, teaching, she was tutoring Barack, you know, Obama. And so I'm just saying, just saying out there, you know, got to give her some credit. Yes.
1: And, you know, she, and also, you know, there's this, there's this wonderful tradition. There's a, a tree of hope. Um, that is on stage. It. And yeah. it's a, a piece of a tree, a stately element was. And it was supposed to be a, a, purported to be a good luck charm to everyone who, who touched it. And so when the tree was cut down because they widened the street, they took a piece of it and brought it back to the Apollo. And so the stump of the tree sits on a pedestal on the stage and every entertainer Gives it a traditional rub for good luck. It's it's part of what you you do, and if you don't, something possibly could happen. And he was telling us about how Justin Bieber, who performed at the Apollo, refused to touch it because he said he didn't need any luck. And so, in the
0: middle of this show, sure. the power ended up going out. <laughs> See, okay, that but that that is but yeah yeah but that that oh that makes sense. Like it, you know what I mean? You don't, yeah like you break you know break break your legs you know you you know that whole saying um yeah um, in our friend steve schneikert who does our hollywood history uh, podcast and he's like you don't don't screw with traditions and no you don't break you don't break those chains never (laughs) no never i mean when we when we hosted our champagne sunday show in fact it's part of our big weekly blend podcast now because it, it is part of our legacy. That's how we started Big Blend Radio was, you know, on Sundays having right. our champagne and toasting to the good stuff in right. life. No matter how bad right. things were, always look on the, on what's positive. And the times we didn't drink our bubbly we're like, you know, we don't want people to think, you know, we, you know, it's like you, you can drink tea. And, and that, and that's true. Anytime we didn't drink champagne, something went wrong. A guest <laughs> didn't show, you know, the radio (laughs) thing went off technical issues and then you're you don't even have champagne to get you through whatever issue it is you're just like yeah why the heck didn't i keep with the champagne tradition i I swear everything any time nancy and i did not do the show without bubbles isn't that interesting it was out it is but it's it's there's a energy and a power to that and I love that, that story. Um, now New York public, uh, New York City, the public library, this library, uh, I know so many historians talk about this, but this is really like a library that also, um, has like art. It's not just about books, right? This is a little bit of everything in this library. It is. This is is massive.
1: It's massive. it's a National Historic Landmark, and if you've ever walked down Fifth Avenue in the city, you, you can't miss it. It's this, you know, a massive lion statues out front, and you look at it and you think, oh, it's a museum or a courthouse or government offices, but no, it is the Schwarzman Building. Uh, it's a very famous building of the New York Public Library, and you can visit the library on your own, but I think... I would highly recommend taking the ghost, docent guided tour of the place. Um because you you get so much more once again from a guide and there's so such a, a colorful history here and it's a free one hour tour and uh y- you know, you're in one of the most iconic buildings in the city. It's a premier research center. It's a provider of knowledge, and so everybody comes here uh, with a desire and a need to know. And so, you know, there are millions and millions of books and manuscripts and audio recordings and art and maps and pictures, and it's mind-boggling. And it took ten years to build the place, um, so uh, which was constructed actually on the site of a former reservoir, and the city donated the land. And then it opened in 1911, and President wow. Taft was there presiding over the dedication of it. And, uh, you know, on that day, 50,000 people went through its doors. And since then, of course, millions and millions have, have have come. But it has been dubbed the People's Palace of Learning because it looks like a palace. You know, it's a very, you know, royal-looking, resplendent, you know, looks like a royalty would be there. Um, but they say, you know, it's for the free
0: use of the people. Wow. And it's huge. And you, you know, you've got a, in, in your article, you talk about all these, you know, famous, you know, films and TV shows like Seinfeld. Come on. Yeah. Who doesn't love Seinfeld? Right. Um, and, and, you know, now I can actually see, I, I see it, uh, you know, in my head, Sex in the City. We were talking about that, you know, all oh, how could we leave out Seinfeld in the apartments? Right. Um, <laughs> but, but this is also goes back to immigrant history you know immigrants yes. who were part of all of this so um i find that uh you know just it it all ties in everywhere we go it all ties in um Well, and, and, you know, it also
1: talks about, you know, who were the wealthy families back then in the 19th century, like, you know, Jacob Astor, James Lennox, and and those are the people that were the benefactors and founders, and these were the civic leaders. But uh, what I found was interesting, and there there's this plaque that is pointed out to you in, you know, in the major Astor Hall, which is the place where you enter the heart of the building. And it's uh, this man... And our, our docent said, you know, have you ever heard of this man named Martin Radke? And we all looked at each other blankly. No, nobody had. And he has his own plaque. And it was a Lithuanian immigrant who used to come into the library to educate himself. And he was, it, that way he was able to earn a lot of money. And he left his money to the library in gratitude upon his death. So they have honored him with this plaque as a reminder that serving the public is at the core of its purpose you
0: know oh i love that i i'm just reading like you know about you know you in your article about john milton who who i i he's profound and sometimes i don't even want to quote him on we we do a quote of the day on social media and some of it i'm like oh we gotta do and then i'm like dude some of it is so real like people are gonna get upset (laughs) like he's he's amazing john milton right um and you know he i love that his you know He's quoted in there, but also, um, the fact that there are museum, like crazy things, like the skull of Percy Shelley is in there, parts of his skull, and I know it's animals, and yeah, it's like a library, like the Declaration of Independence, like what the heck? Murals, paintings, you got like, I want to go, I want to go see the skull, I'm in. Oh, it's it's you know, fragments of the skull yeah, it, and they have even the original Winnie the Pooh stuffed
1: animals, they have Charles Dickens' desk and chair. It's like yeah. that's in the, the library's treasure uh, exhibition, which I found to be fascinating. So it's it's not only a library, it's a museum and you know, there is yeah. a whole area where there's portraits and, and murals and these incredible uh, up on the ceiling these the uh, just amazing I think one of the the major highlights that anybody will tell you about the Schwartzman building is uh, the Rose main reading room, and this is truly one of those places where you walk in and everybody 's mouth just kind of drops and you just it, it is one of the most beautiful spaces it 's It's definitely a showstopper, and you look up above the doorway, and like you said, there's a a John Milton uh, quote, and then you step inside this room, and it's about the length of two blocks in the city, and it has these 52-foot tall ceilings with these breathtaking murals of skies and clouds, and oh, it's just it, it it's amazing and and the, each of the spaces in the library you know there's handsome these handsome you know rooms with you know gorgeous wood floors and tables and skylights and portraits of George Washington and you know Washington Irving and even one of Truman Capote and people said well, why is Capote there and the docent said well because the author set an important scene in Breakfast at Tiffany's in the reading room of the library And so, you know, you're finding out that all these people, these famous people have, you know, frequented the library. They come and they write there. They come and they do research. They come and they film, whatever it is. So it really is one of these all-encompassing sites. I
0: I encourage everybody to to check it out. I want to go now, the High Line. I am excited about this. New York City's High Line because um, one of our favorite things to see in life, and our friend, our uh, late friend, uh, Jim Mostic, uh got me hooked on this, is the Rails to Trails uh program. It's a nonprofit that, you know, works on old railway lines being turned into trails for public use. And I believe the New York City's High Line is actually in their Hall of Fame as being one of the most important ones. And you got to go there. And so this is like a park that has art, but it's like an urban park, which is something we noticed was so important. I know Nancy and I did this community park um map. It was at the beginning of COVID. And we did when people could go to the parks. And it was after that first month of when we're all locked in, you know. And we did a community map of all the parks that we'd been to, like it'd been it was over a hundred and fifty parks or something ridiculous. Within a week, we had over a 100,000 views of that map of what wow. these are all urban parks, right? And yeah. we realized, yeah. wow, that's why we don't <laughs> just do national parks now. We do all of them. All parks matter on our Love Your Parks tour, right? And so this is a park that I really want to go to because it, it's like, a, you know, I know that, you know, you've got that really big park in New York City, <laughs> Central Park. But this mm-hmm. seems like another one that is really important for locals and visitors, but it's, you know, looking at health, taking something old and ready. You've got one of the rail, you know, rail to trails, um, out in, in Santa Fe where you are, um, the rail yard right. park and watching, you know, we went and did a story on them and it's uh, amazing what you can do from taking something that is, Maybe considered a brown space and turning it green i don 't know if this was a brown space, but um, this seems to be something very popular and an amazing project well you know it 's built on a
1: historic freight rail line and it 's elevated above the streets so what it is is this incredible um, i think it 's like uh, one and a half miles long and you know, you—it's pedestrian only. But what is so interesting about it is because it is elevated. You get this very interesting perspective of the city, of its architecture, of the landscape, of the scenery, and uh, you know they've done an incredible job with artwork and sculptures and and, uh, the landscaping and the plants. And, you know, it opened, I think the first section opened in 2009. And it is, you know, it's maintained and operated by the Friends of the High Line, uh, which is in partnership with the the city's Department of Parks and Recreation. It's a very, very beloved place for not only locals, but for visitors. Um, And it's, you know, the fact that it was inspired by this landscape that grew Untamed for 25 years after trains stopped running, it was slated, the whole area was slated to be demolished, but thankfully it never was, and, you know, it became an incredible... Public space, uh, that they, that they created. And as you walk, you're just, you know, you're gonna, you have so much to look at. Not only do you have the, the whole architecture of these buildings rising up around you, but this world-class artwork. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's, it's amazing. I have, I have done the Highline, um, pieces of it. I've done the whole thing of it. You can start wow. at different places. You can enter at different, um, Access junctures because there are stairs, there are ramps, there are elevators, um, and, you know, there are benches along the way. People just sit and hang out and enjoy, uh, you know, the, if the weather permits and there is, you know, uh, some food places along the way. But it really is such a different experience to be up above there and to be you know not walking right down on the on the blocks on the city but to have this perspective so i i I love it i in fact every time i i go to new york i try to to walk part of the high line because i think it's just it's
0: just so much fun well you know and there's some like you're saying about being above um yeah this is not new york city but in colorado In eastern Colorado, there's the wildlife sanctuary that we went to. And it's insanely cool. They rescue. It's like they have a refuge that is open land that is not where you go. Um, But they have lions and everything out there actually free ranging. So they're rescues. They rescue animals from zoos. They rescue animals from uh, unfortunate circumstances. And like um, when we were there at the wildlife sanctuary, when you can go and you see the animals, and they are not a zoo. And this is what makes them different. But you see things like bears that are rescued from a circus. Um, I think it was Romania mm-hmm. and the bears were addicted to cigarettes because they taught them oh, to smoke geez. for a circus. Yeah. And anyway, they wanted the animals to not feel like a zoo. They were like a facility of just a refuge for, you know, in a rescue right. center for these right. animals to live their rest of their life. But they knew they needed this educational component that zoos say they do. And, Um, and they do in some ways. Um, but they didn't want to be a zoo where you are gawking at animals and making them feel uncomfortable. And there's all, and basically this whole refuge started with a 19 year old guy rescuing them from zoos in his backyard and trying to help these animals. And it turned into this huge thing. His name is Pat. And they have these animals all rescued from all over the world from hurricanes everything. Wow. But you don't walk amongst the animals. You are on this trail above the animals. So Mm -hmm. you're not affecting them. Like if you see an airplane go over, you know, it's there, but it's not anything that you're going to have to deal with. Sure. 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 So they're not feeling like a zoo. They time how many people go through. um, And you get to look down. So no, your photos don't look great, but that's not the point right? So you get some education. They're very educational. Sure. But being sure. above and doing that, you number one, you have great views of the region. Yeah. But it made you really understand that connection. And there's something to be above on these kind of, like when you go on bridges and look down, you know, yeah, whether it's water fabulous. or a city. It's amazing. But I like what you're saying, I mean, just being able to be up and be able to understand the city and get those views and and because it's in Manhattan, right? Um Yeah, Manhattan's oh, yeah. West Side, of course. I mean, yeah, and it's, just and
1: it's amazing. It's amazing because you know when you you know and New York is a city of architecture, which is fascinating too. And there are there are walking tours and architectural tours, uh, you know, throughout the city. But you know, as you're walking, you know, and you're looking at these different buildings and the way they're you know the the shapes and and you know their sizes and how they all fit in. In, like, like little puzzle pieces, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it was just, to me, it's, it's, I think it's one of the most wonderful things that New York has to offer. It's free, uh, you know, just like the tour of the, uh, the library tour, you know, it's, it's so nice to find things that are free and that you can do at your own leisure, and, you know, really, yeah. truly get a different perspective of the
0: city, you know? I, I think that's a good point for families, too, because things can add up in yes. a place like New York City. You sure. need a few free things to put in there in, on your itinerary, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that's a it's a good thing, you know. And, and outdoors is another thing, too. So, it's another thing, so, yeah. Yeah, because you think of New York City as being very congested and everything kind of boxed in tiny, but yeah, you have Central Park. You have places like the highlands yes. right? So there are yes. these oases throughout the city that people absolutely. can experience. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. Yes. Very so, cool, uh, Debbie yeah. Fire Monkey. Next one, we're <laughs> going to be talking about Samoa, right? American Samoa, yes, and 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 the
1: island of Samoa. So there's two Samoas. You know, there's the American Samoa island, and then there is Samoa itself, which uh, is it's is its own country, so to speak. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to go to both, and I will report back. <laughs> Are you excited? Because this is a new place it for is. you now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm always excited. And even to go to places I've been just like New York, it's like, it's always exciting to me because I know that there's always something that I haven't experienced or seen. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, it's fun to to return to places that you you've been to because you know
0: that there's more Mm. always. more. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, everybody Uh, stay tuned. And uh, like I said, the links to the articles that Debbie's written about all these different new york city experiences are all listed in the show notes so check it out there whether you're listening on youtube or spotify check out the show notes and thank you so much debbie take care and safe travels oh thank you so much and to you as well take care bye-bye bye Bye. thanks for listening to big blend radio's global adventure show with travel writer debbie stone debbie is here every fourth tuesday You can keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com.